You are listening to episode three of the Practice Brave podcast. Welcome to the Practice Brave podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Battles, a strength and conditioning coach and the founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism. The Practice Brave podcast brings you the relatable, trustworthy, and transparent health and fitness information you're looking for when it comes to coaching, being coached, and transitioning through the variables of motherhood and womanhood. If you're a pregnant or postpartum athlete or a coach working with this population, this show is specifically designed for you. All right, let's get started. Hey guys, I'm so excited to have Kiana Welch here with us today. She is an Olympic weightlifter, mom, coach, and all-around athlete. She's so relatable in so much of what she does and how she does it, and I feel like the conversations we have today around her pregnancy, the adjustments she made to her training and her mindset, her birth, her postpartum recovery, and just a lot of the things that she struggled with and a lot of the things that she's proud of is stuff that we can all really relate to. So I'm really excited to have this conversation with her today, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the Practice Brave podcast. I'm here today with my good friend, Kiana Welch, who I had the opportunity to coach through her pregnancy and currently into her postpartum return to training and performance and all of that. And I wanted to bring her on the podcast today just to talk a little bit about where she's been, where she's at, where she's Uh wanting to go, and what it has meant to be an athlete mom, because so many of us walk that spectrum of you know, training the way that we want to train and we have babies. And then how has that changed our life and us? Everything. Everything. (laughs) So Q, thank you so much for being here. Can you start off just by telling us a little bit about yourself, like maybe your athletic background and some of your accomplishments? Uh Uh-huh. So I'm Kiana. (laughs) I'm Kiana Welch. I am an Olympic weightlifter. I was formerly an American record holder, but my friend broke my record. So that's not a thing anymore. (laughs) But former, former American record holder in the snatch and the 70 kilo lifter. 76. Good God, I can never do 70. That's a lot of weight to lose. (laughs) Growing up, I was a competitive gymnast, did some volleyball from middle school up until college. Started CrossFit like 2014, was pretty good at that. Did that for a couple of years until somebody thought I was real strong and thought I should do a little bit weightlifting. And that's how I got into that. And I've been pretty successful at it. And I was on point to go for 2020 Tokyo. And then baby came along. (laughs) So that's how that happened. (laughs) Yes. So cute. You were on the track for 2028. Obviously, you loved being an athlete, um, Olympic mm-hmm. weightlifting, and boom, positive pregnancy test. Tell us a little bit about everything that went through your head that first day and then those first couple of weeks of being finding out that you're pregnant. All right. So the day that I found out I was pregnant, I was scheduled to get onto a flight to Salt Lake City for a photo shoot for bodybuilding.com. I just happened to look at my phone. I saw the date was October 5th. And my period usually comes September 5th and I'm never late, ever, never, never. <laughs> so as soon as I saw that, I just kind of, and I just shook my head and I was like, I just know it. I know it's happening. So sure enough, I went and, go, went and took the test and ta-da, I was pregnant. So then I went and called dad 
And I came back in the house because I was living with my best friend and her husband. And I told them the news. And then I had to run to the airport and take a whole flight thinking about, holy crap, I'm pregnant. So I'm freaking out on the plane, but not trying to freak out because I don't want to be that person on the plane crying or whatever the hell. And (laughs) it was just a bag full of emotions all week. And then that Monday, I got confirmation that it was correct. And I was going to have a baby in June. So at that point, feelings I was going through was there goes lifting. No more lifting for me for, I don't even know at that point, I think like a couple of years, I just thought I was like, well, no more lifting. And for like a second, I kind of freaked out. But then again, I can say this a lot. Pregnancy is temporary. So it wasn't like that big of a deal because I know I could always go back to it. But then it was just like, well, what do I do? Like, how do I navigate all this? Because I want to continue to work out and I still want to like lift because I don't just want to sit around and not do anything. So I just need to find somebody to help me. And then lo and behold, it was you. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> <Ta-da>! <laughs> oh yeah. I'm so glad that we connected. And I was grateful that you reached out as early as you did, even before, you know, the world basically knew that you were pregnant because then it gave us a chance to really get to know what you were doing, what you want to do and what your goals are down the line, getting that feedback and kind of getting you in your, in those early trenches of, I don't know, don't you feel like it's so easy to kind of spiral and then like bring yourself in and then spiral and then bring yourself in. Like there's just such a mixed bag of emotions really when oh, you find yes. out that you're pregnant, like you're, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm really excited. That's cool. But what does this mean for the rest of my life? What does this mean for right. my training, my career, my whatever? Like it was, it was a lot. Cause again, like I was calm, but then again, I was thinking to myself, well, what happens when I announce? So I was like, I know that I'm going to lose people and some people are just going to be over it. Like, what does she have to offer now? She's having a baby. Like she won't be doing anything. And da, 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 da. We'll just look at you differently. Obviously like that's their issue, but still like, this is a huge part of me. And this is how people know me is like being a weightlifter, being a crossfitter. And then now all of a sudden I can't do it. And then that's when other things started happening. Like people start disappearing. Mm -hmm. Sponsorships go away. A whole bunch of stuff. It's just like a huge part of your identity just kind of disappears. And then you're stuck thinking, well, how this is more so postpartum now. Like how am I supposed to like, get back to that or right. Yeah. That's a fun part. So much fun. (laughs) It is. It's almost like you're redefining yourself in, in who you're becoming, you know, cause who you were is still there, but now it's, it's different. Like it's It's like a different different. version. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we talk about moving forward, but it's really hard to keep your eyes forward when you're like, but this is what it was. This is what I used to, yeah, this is what my routine used, used to, to like, to I used to be able to lift that. I used to like have this or that. And so it is like, it's kind of, it's recognizing that you can still have what you want. It just might look a little different. Exactly. A lot so was, different. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> so we've kind of touched on this, but how did your training and your mindset start to adjust in pregnancy? So once I found out, I knew immediately that I was going to stop snatching. I wasn't going to stop like weightlifting like all together. I still was going to squat. I was still going to deadlift. But in terms of snatching, that was like a no-go immediately. Like as soon as I found out and I went to the gym, I was like, uh-uh, not happening. So right. I cleaned for like a little bit. 
because I worked real hard on that bar pass and I wasn't going to go and mess it up. And plus, oh, exactly. Just, yeah, it's not even worth it. It's just dumb. And good for those people that want to do that. But just for me, like it just wasn't even worth it. I don't want to pick up bad habits and just put my belly in danger and do all that stuff because I don't want, yeah, it was just a no. Right. Well, it's crazy because I think people need to hear that. And sometimes I think we even need permission coming from an athlete like you, whose literal job and biggest interest is Olympic weightlifting to say, hey, like, it's okay to pause it right now in order to pick it up well later. And I yeah. think we, we get into this, like the fit pregnancy vibe is to like maintain, maintain and have this fit pregnancy and keep doing what you've always done. And it's been great to see an athlete like you sit back and say, actually, Actually, in order to do what, in order to do (laughs) what I want to do, ultimately, I'm going to change up what I'm doing and how I'm doing it right now. So you have done such a great job with that. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because you can still do like pretty similar stuff. I'm still able to move. I can still do my little cleans. I just use dumbbells, if anything. And like, there's just different ways to scale different things, but I'm still able to move. I can still do my little pulls. I can still do ring rows. There's so many things that you can do and people just need to like stop worrying about what they can't do. So yes, it's, I always try to say, it's not about doing like the, an exact modification. It's trying to create a similar training stimulus of the movement of the, you know, aerobic capacity, like whatever it might be, it's finding a similar stimulus, not necessarily a similar movement pattern because that stuff has to adjust for a reason when you're pregnant. Mm. Yeah. I remember like so, jump roping, like early on, like it was still like somewhat early and I mm-hmm. went to jump rope and I was like, I can still do it. But then afterwards, and I think it was like maybe three or four rounds and it had to have been like 50 to 60 double unders in each round and I was killing it. But then afterwards I was like, oh no. Uh uh-uh, uh, that's not happening anymore. So that'll be a no. So I was like, I had to figure out something else I could do. So anytime there was like jump roping in the workout, I would just do like some light kettlebell swings or something and just move fast. Box right. jumps, that was a quickie that got thrown out. Anything like toast bari, didn't do that either. There was just different things for me to do that I can replace. So it wasn't like a huge deal. Right. It's like everyone says, well, just listen to your body. But sometimes you just have to like listen to what's logical versus like your body's like, Oh, I'm fine. I can do it. It's yeah, easy to it's push through. Like, yeah, yeah, I can like, do this. You have to take right. hey, body. Calm down. Right. Like athletes just, and like myself included in this, like it's so hard to know how to listen to your body because you've been trained to kind of ignore that voice of reason. Exactly. And so just push you know, through it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And so we don't know how to like really listen to our body, especially when it's changing and evolving. And it's just, it's not a familiar body. It's a body that is literally evolving every single week. Mm-hmm. Ever changing. <laughs> yeah. Quick. Which every week right. is always different. Right. So mentally, how did you like, we talk so much about athlete brain, just my brand as a whole is very centered around the mindset during pregnancy and postpartum. So mm-hmm. can you talk to me a little bit about like athlete brain and what that, how it shifted for you in pregnancy? I know we've talked about it a little bit here. Yeah. So for me, it wasn't a very difficult like transition. I never had to like fight with myself and be like, oh, I know I can still like possibly do like a muscle up early on or whatever. Like I never really had to have those conversations with myself so much. And I've seen people 
who go and are like doing back squats or whatever. And they're like super, super heavy. And I kind of like tilt my head. I'm like, I wonder if they had that conversation with themselves or anything like that. Like, I know physically, like I would still be able to do certain things, but then we, you talk about like risk versus reward a lot. Right. And when I would unrack a bar, I felt like I had to even do like, even mentally before I even unracked the bar, I was like thinking to myself, like, how did this feel before I did it? Like, this is probably really stupid. I'm not going to do it. Like I never had to fight with myself. And I was always like, ah, there's always later. And just kind of go lighter. Or if I thought like, hey, I could do this and I unrack it and I felt like I had to brace it. I would always just go and re-rack it. Because yeah, if I brace it, I probably could get away with it. But did I really want to? No. So yeah, I never really had that issue. If anything, I'd say now that I'm postpartum, I have more conversations with myself because then you think about, like, like you said, the things that you did prior to you being pregnant and you're like, well, I can maybe get away with this. And like, I'm just as fragile now than when I was pregnant. So I have to be even smarter because I could definitely like mess up some stuff. So I have to tell myself, hey, just take it one day at a time because you don't want to feel like that guy later on. So right. for me, it's the more so postpartum part where I actually have to have like a conversation with my athlete brain because the baby's out now and I can move a little bit more freely, but stuff is still not the same, man. <laughs> right. And it's so important to know because I think both coaches and athletes kind of assume like, well, now that I'm not pregnant, like there's no excuses and I can do yeah. things again. But it's, it is not that like what you said, you're just a little bit more. And, you know, it's not maybe necessarily fragile, but it's definitely, you're just more vulnerable because your body is healing and not just healing from birth and however the baby comes out, it's healing from, you know, almost a year of growing a baby then having the baby and then like nurturing the baby. So your sleep is altered, nursing, all of these things. And so you are not supposed to be what you were before you are in a truly like a, a rebuild chapter for not going back, but for moving forward into the athlete and mom and woman that you're becoming. And you've just really demonstrated that so well, even with those hard conversations of can I, or should I, you know, like being able to navigate, is my body ready for this? Or maybe not yet. Have I truly built my capacity as an athlete in my postpartum chapter or during pregnancy? Maybe I could do it, but it's probably just not really worth it for a variety of reasons right now. So I do want to talk a little bit about, you know, why all of this mattered, right? Like, so, you know, we're not just talking about the physical ability to perform and to be fit through pregnancy and postpartum. We're talking about the toll that carrying a baby takes on our body. Even if you're having a great pregnancy, things are still different. They're changing. And so we're trying to be really aware of your diastasis, uh, your pelvic health, and we know that your core and your pelvic floor are impacted in pregnancy and postpartum. So for you as an athlete, what Mm -hmm. made you, I guess, like get a little bit more aware of that and prioritize that in your training? Well, I knew that eventually I was going to be lifting again or wanted to lift competitively again. Mm -hmm. And being in this or even with people that haven't had babies, like things started to come up or conversations started to be had about like pelvic floor health, just in general. And then now I'm pregnant. And then I've heard people talk about like, oh, well, it was you. Duh. I was talking about <laughs> getting a pelvic floor physical therapist. And that like, 
cleaning and then peeing all over the place or jumping and peeing all over the place is just not normal. And I was like, well, shit, shit, I need to get this figured out because I don't want to be that person just randomly peeing because that is not normal. And I kind of wanted to get a gauge of where I was starting and what was going on now or at that point in my pregnancy. And then so she can kind of check things out afterwards and what I needed to work on. And it was super beneficial because before I didn't even know that like pelvic floor physical therapy was like a thing until thank God a weightlifting and then me having to be pregnant. So now that I know all about this, like I even talked to my athletes about it because they're like, oh, I have to go pee because I'll go pee on myself during the double owners. I'm just like, that's not normal. Maybe we should go get checked out. And this has been super beneficial and whole process is just blowing my mind because I didn't know there was so many things that pregnancy can affect because nobody like educates anybody on anymore, especially for like a coach. You feel like, Hey, I should know this stuff. And me being a coach, like I had no idea. So learning from you has been so beneficial, especially for my, to my athletes and like their pregnancy, because I have a couple of pregnant athletes now, or like some postpartum ones that are like maybe a couple of years postpartum and like these things are happening. So now I can share this information with them. And now they're like actually like following certain things or I'm like, Hey, go check out the program, which they bought by the way. Oh, um, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Hair flip. Um, but at least they're like, at least cognizant of it now, because before they right. just thought it was like a thing and that you're just supposed to live with it. And that's not true at all. Right. So I think what's been interesting to see is there's so much more awareness around this stuff now, but we've never, none of us as coaches have really been trained on how to coach women beyond like, oh, maybe they're more prone for an ACL injury or things like that. But no one's really talked about pelvic health as it relates to women training. And then pregnancy comes in and pregnancy is sort of like this variable that impacts that system maybe more so than at other times in our life. And it's not to say that a lot of women don't experience incontinence or prolapse prior to getting pregnant. It is just a pelvic health, you know, consideration. But I think pregnancy alone and postpartum, you know, there's been a good positive upswing in information and awareness. And it's now knowing as coaches and as athletes and, you know, like using your platform to create a little bit more awareness around Yes, like sometimes you can have pelvic floor symptoms. There's some things you can do during pregnancy to help manage that. And then there's a lot that you can do postpartum to help you rehab to to a point that gives you your life and fitness in the way that your body is ready for, right? Like, because we can't say we're going to prevent everything, that we're totally going to heal everything. But we can get you to a place where you (laughs) understand your body and you really know what your capacity is and what your movement practice needs to look like for you and your body and just have that familiarity because again, none of us were taught this stuff and it's even taboo. And then to really expand the conversation, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, my mom was not lifting barbells and was not like swinging kettlebells and she wasn't running all over the place. Like we've seen that huge upswing in pregnant athlete and postpartum athlete. That was not even a thing until no. I like, uh, until a couple of years ago when I started naming my programs that yeah. <laughs> bought all the domains, <laughs> like then it kind of became a thing, but it's been a generational shift too, where now this is a thing, a athlete mom and, you know, being an athlete through pregnancy and postpartum athlete, that is a thing. And it is our fitness isn't just ending when we finish college, for example, yeah. or it's not like, 
we're still trying to pursue fitness, whether it's triathlons, running, CrossFit, lifting, it's not unusual for a mom to pursue fitness and performance. Whereas 20 years ago, that wasn't yeah. happening. 30 yeah, years ago, not all. really. It was like aerobics, you know, aerobics, yeah. running, yoga, stuff like that. So it's still, it's still so early in this, I guess, evolution of coaching women in general. Yeah, it's nuts. My mom was screaming at me the whole time. Maybe you should sit down somewhere. Why are you lifting <laughs> that? I'm like, Ma, chill out. I was like, leave totally. me alone. Just let me be. <laughs> let me be. I'll be fine. I know what I'm doing. I know. Isn't it funny? Because like, yeah, so your mom and maybe people from a different generation, yeah. or doctors that are more conservative are like, oh my God, stop doing everything. Don't lift over 15 pounds. And yeah, then when like, you go Dude. to your gym, they're like, you're fine. You can hit a PR. And it's like, okay, where, like, <laughs> where do, what do I do? The middle, like what's the messy middle. And like, that's obviously what we're trying to cultivate with different messaging and, and education around what that looks like at an individual level. So you've done a really great job of, of outlining so much of that. Oh, thank you. I'm just trying to be kind to myself. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> love her. Honestly, like it is appreciated seeing, seeing that. I think we do we do need to be a lot kinder to ourselves because acclimating to, to motherhood and, and what all of that starts to look like is, it's a, it's a process. So it's that's a, that's a good, yeah. It's six is. months so in and I'm still trying to figure it out. Oh God, two, six years in and I'm trying to figure it out. I don't know, my friend. So let's segue a little bit into talking about your birth. Fun time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wee! Yeah, so, yes. My plan was to have an at-home water birth and we were on, actually my due date is when I went into labor. So I was good the first, like we'll say three or four hours. I was on my little ball, rocking contractions were good, da, 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 da. But then the contractions started to like go together. So there weren't any breaks at all. So it was like contraction, contraction, contraction. And then it would kind of stop for like however many minutes and then it'd be like three in a row. So those I have a pretty high pain tolerance, so I could handle it. I was just concentrating on my breathing, da, 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 da. but then shit hit the fan once the back labor hit. That's when demon Kiana came out. So that was about like <laughs> four hours in and it was literally like the exorcist. I was in the bed holding on to the bedpost and yelling. And I was like, we have to go like now. Are you sure? Yes, let's go. And so <laughs> we jumped in the car. I got there. I had to wait. So the plan was to go drug-free, no drugs, just pop the baby out. And that was plan A. But if you're listening to this, have many a plans. Just be prepared for everything. Amen. And just be prepared <laughs> for everything. Research and read about everything. You don't want to go in there and then they're like, well, this needs to happen. And then you, you weren't mentally prepared for it. And then we all know what happens. Like you just break down and then things become way worse. So I was like, okay, I had a plan. If I was in pain or something happened, I'll get the epidural. Cool. That's what happened. Cause I was not going to do that without an epidural. And so we got the epidural and we were just waiting. By the time I got to the hospital, I was five. And then like four hours later, I was nine and a half. Cool. Thought I was going to have the baby. Not happening. My contractions were never consistent and he was just not coming down. And that's when I started talking about C-section. And that's when I started to get very sad because I just knew that it most likely wasn't going to happen, that he was going to come out vaginally. 
and yes, I had a plan for this, but still like mentally, I just thought like plan A is going to happen. And like slowly, it was just like, that was not going to be an option. So yes, plan B happened. I ended up having a C-section and I, it was awful. It was one of the worst experiences of my life. Unfortunately, I wish it was like a beautiful cookie cutter story about bubbles and he just popped out. But no, I was freezing. I felt like I was having seizures. I couldn't even hold them afterwards. Nothing. My mom cut the cord. I wasn't gone for too long from him. So luckily I got to like hang out with him, hang out with him. <laughs> He's mine forever. What do you mean hang out? <laughs> um, <laughs> I got to see him like maybe I'd say 30 minutes after. And then, yeah. So after all that yucky stuff and everything was fine for the most part. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much what happened during the birth, but it was not ideal. And it was actually pretty traumatic. Yeah, I know it's it's uh, really hard to talk about that stuff. And obviously, you and I have a lot in common with how I brought Kate into this world, also in a pretty traumatic emergency C-section. And you know, just I think it's almost the environment of what an emergency C-section is versus a C-section that really, but, yeah, you know, like that, like really, like that's what makes it feel so overwhelming and scary and like really sets the the vibe of everything. And so it, you're so right. Even with a plan, I think we go in and we almost like assume like, well, it's probably going to go this way. Like I'm healthy, I'm strong, I'm fit. And there's just so many variables that we can't control. And so yeah. being able to surrender and, and if you're holding for those moms who've also been in that, a similar situation, you know, like let us extend our words that like you did nothing wrong. And yeah. sometimes like babies and circumstances just go another way. And there's not a whole lot that we can do to control that situation. But if you're holding on to like, oh, I should have done this, I should have done that. Like you can't, you have to let, try to let that go and work through it and process it because birth trauma is very real. And oh, yeah. there is so many resources that can help in the postpartum chapter you know, because it, it can, for me, it really did manifest into postpartum depression and anxiety. And it just like, I couldn't get my feet on the ground because I was still reeling from that. And I know your experience was different, but I appreciate you sharing, you know, those intimate details with us. Oh, no problem. People need to know <laughs> this stuff. Like how are the people supposed to know if nobody shares? Well, I agree. And I think we also think, well, as fit athletic women, and we're strong, we have a high pain tolerance. Like we can do this. Like, yeah. And like, you know, like birth just doesn't just, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't care. discriminate. It doesn't care. <laughs> it doesn't care how buff you are. It doesn't care how many workouts you did. There's so many variables that influence birth and we can have the best team and best support. And like, we have to just sort of surrender to what our body needs, what our team is supporting us in and, and then try to heal, do the healing on the other end of that, the mental healing, the emotional, the physical because that's what we do have control of is like what we do after the circumstance has presented itself. And that's for all birth, because it's not just a C-section we're talking about. Like this is, this is vaginal birth too. I talked to so many athletes who, who just the recovery process, like from all birth is substantial. So, you know, bringing some awareness to the mental, emotional, and physical uh, process that is pregnancy, birth, and then into motherhood. Oh, motherhood. It's grand. Being a mom is cool. (laughs) I know. Well, you are a super cool mom. So let's talk about that. What has your 
postpartum and motherhood, what does that all look like for you from fitness to just life? Like talk to us a little bit about your postpartum process here. Well, in terms of my athleticism, there's not much training going on right now. We started getting back into the gym around like six weeks-ish, six and a half maybe, because uh, that's when I went back to work. Felt great. I got cleared by you. Yeah, I felt pretty good. Prior to that six weeks though, since I had that C-section, there were like some incision problems. Like it felt like my stitches had bust open. So moving around was kind of difficult for a little bit. So just even walking from, or A, getting out of bed was more like a roll or a slither out, but that gradually got better and that was cool. But I know it's different for different people, but for me initially, it was not like a fun experience because I was, I'm going to admit I was doing stupid stuff. I was trying to do stuff I shouldn't have been doing, getting on the floor. Why would you get on the floor when you just had a C-section? I don't know, but I did it. I was trying to do it, but I did it. And I think that's what I was just trying to overexert myself when I, I shouldn't have been doing it. But it's just typical me trying to do everything. And that's something I'm still trying to kind of chill on is doing everything. Because right. essentially I'm a single mom. So I have now three different jobs that I'm doing and I'm a new mom and trying to navigate all this stuff and getting baby naps. Like people are like, oh, well, maybe you should put your baby on a sleep schedule. I'm, he doesn't know what schedule is. Like that's not <laughs> safe for him. Like, like, why don't you sleep train your baby? Well, why don't you have my life? So yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we can right. talk about sleep training. But um, absolutely. So that's definitely new. And I'm getting accustomed to that. And it's getting, it's getting a little bit better every day. I'm trying to like, and I'm figuring it out. But um, in terms of training, I get it in when I can. It used to be a huge priority to me. And obviously, like, I want to be able to get back to where I was. But I have so many different things happening now. And like I said, like on a Saturday, I know Saturday is like a guaranteed day that I can get some training in. And there's like certain stuff that I can do at the house. Like that eight weeks, I can do like core stuff. And I have bands here at the house, so I can still work on that. You can never really not do that or you can never overtrain that. So I can always be working on my core or just doing simple stuff because despite being six months now, that's still something that I need to be doing. So if I can't get a workout in, I don't get too upset about it because I can always do that. Yeah. That's Uh, awesome. Yes. And then mentally... It's again, that athlete brain and thinking about the things that I used to be able to do. And I've definitely had the moments where I'm like at the gym and I'm trying to get a workout in and like, I actually got like some solid, a solid two hours where I can work out. But of course I have the baby. So he's freaking out and there'll be times where I only get one lift in and I've definitely had some breakdowns <laughs> at the gym yeah. where it's just where like, and it's just a part of it now. So this is like the new quote unquote normal for me. So I just have to figure out like how to make it happen. So it's I hard. It's, it is. It's so hard. Like so much of your routine changes or is just pause and like you get glimpses, right? You're like, this is like maybe almost normal feeling again <laughs> or like, yeah, oh, we had a good day or like, I don't know. You just, every day just is so different and you have to continually adjust expectations from the inside being like your heart and what your body needs and then out like really what does your training look like according to you know like there was just so many days where i just felt continually sabotaged because Cade needed to be held all the time and then like yes. nursing around the clock like, it was just 
he was like a very like needy baby. Um, That's he wasn't, my baby. Yeah. And like, and like chance has been so chill that I would like set him down. He'd just sit there. I'm like, Oh my God, what is wrong with him? Like, why is he just so chill? Because I was used to such a like baby that was like, hold me, feed me, entertain me, you know? So yeah. I just remember getting so frustrated because like, I just want to work out. I just want 20 minutes. I want to like, yeah, yes. just, and let, I have just those give conversations. I talked to the baby, like, yes. you know, I'm like, even like when we're working, so I'll be on the computer and I'm at the office and I have him in one hand because he won't let me put him down. So I'm typing with one hand and it's yes. like, I'm just like, babe, I'm just trying to do right for us. I just need to provide for us. Just let me do this for like an hour. And then oh my gosh. they don't care. Yeah. I know. They don't care. I know. And it is true where people say like, it's hard and then it just, it changes and then it's, it evolves into a different, something else becomes hard where something else like lets up, you know, like the man here lessons where then it increases in another way. And it's just a continual process where we, as people who like to be in control, have to surrender to, you know, like right now we are doing everything we can, but sometimes we just have to like surrender to what our, our baby needs and our family needs that given day. So I got to see you around, were you 12 weeks postpartum when I saw you Uh when I came up there and we did some filming? So what was, what was great? And I saw you during your pregnancy too, which was nice, but what I loved being able to do was, you know, Q had worked through the eight week postpartum program. And then I got up to there to see her right around the time that she was finishing that program and was ready to start reintegrating. But that didn't mean that she had a green light to go, right? Even though she was kind of itching to do a little bit more. And so I remember like putting you kind of through a different battery of tests to see where are you at? How do you feel? What is this yeah. looking like? I you know, really like, I know. <laughs> and, you know, her diastasis had healed very well. She had went and seen a pelvic floor physical therapist up by her. And so just getting that feedback on her body and that level of readiness. And then as it translated to her athletic level of readiness. So can you talk to me a little bit about how you felt when you were you know, through that eight week program and then given sort of like a yellow light, like let's proceed with caution. Yes. When I first started the program, it was very hard and it's still hard every day. It's just like mentally, it's just, again, thinking about the stuff that you used to be able to do. Like I remember thinking about doing like pistols or being able to just go down when I'm demoing like a hollow rock. Like the first day I had to go back to work, like you're sure yourself like, okay, no big deal. I'm going to go do a hollow rock or a hollow hold. Like (laughs) there was much like red light when I went to go down and I was just like, I can't do this. And then I told them like, Hey, I can't do this, but here's the scale version because I can't do it. So there was a lot of things that when they came up, like before I can be like, Oh, it's no problem. But now I was like, Holy shit, there's no way that this is even happening. So it was just day by day, just going through the movements. Cause all of it was hard, even doing like bird dogs, even just taking just my arm off the ground or even trying to lift my leg up was difficult to do. So it was very humbling, but like mentally I knew that it was going to be hard, but I didn't know it was going to be this hard. So yeah, I didn't know it was going to be that hard. There was still some stuff that like I could kind of do, but I wasn't going to like push it. So even talking to my friends, they were like super supportive as well. Like 
hey, I want to go see if I can like hang off the bar to pull myself up. Should you be doing that? Are you sure you should be doing that? I don't think you're making me nervous. And I was like, you guys. So then they freaked me out. And I was like, okay, maybe you're right. Like, da 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 da. So I wouldn't do that. But the program was super beneficial because it just kind of eased me back in which is what I needed to do. And I feel like a lot of people, like once the baby pops up, they just jump like full speed ahead and they're doing things they shouldn't be doing. Granted, obviously they try to do some of the stuff they were doing before they get rejected. But yeah, like that, like, oh, no, nope. <laughs> that's, that's not happening. Right. <laughs> I think it's, yeah. it's good that you, even as an Olympic lifter, like you can do cleans and snatches in your sleep. It wasn't a matter of like, could you physically do it? It yeah. was just knowing like you needed to kind of have the prerequisites to go into that kind of higher demand movement, not to mention adding, you know, load to the point where you're at now, you know, six months in. Oh yeah. Before I was like, I would, I wouldn't even let myself, because there's a certain amount of time that I wouldn't allow myself to even touch the barbell. So I I think I waited a decent amount of time in the program. And then I was like, okay, actually it was after you cleared me that I think I wouldn't touch the bar. Yeah, because yeah, so you had done like a lot of your like compound stuff and that was looking really good. And yeah. again, it's just like the prerequisites, just like it would be for in any program design. It's getting your prerequisites of movement and syncing that and seeing how you're feeling symptoms and then building your capacity. And we know that Olympic lifts are on the uh, you know higher spectrum of, of athletic capacity. And so you really built into that well, even though like this is something that is so ingrained in your system to know how to do, I thought that you returned and have progressed very well into those lifts without that compromised bar path. And you've been gradually adding a significant amount of weight uh, for us normal people. (laughs) (laughs) For us normal folk. I'm like, can I just deadlift that weight? No. <laughs> now you remember picking it up initially, just even the empty bar. And I was like, holy shit, this is so heavy. I was like, oh my God. And then, like every week it gets like, it gets a little bit better. So I'm just like, okay, well I'm here now. I'm like, well, I'm not that far off, but I'm, but I still, I'm not like in a rush, but I'm like, I'm on a pretty good path. Like I'm still like ahead and I still feel good. So that's what I really think about is like, how does my body feel? Like, is this like a smart mood for me? And I still do like body checks. So, right. You're doing awesome. I'm super proud of you. Tell me what you are most proud of. I'm most proud of this. I think the scheduling for me (laughs) and navigating all of this, (laughs) especially just by myself is what I'm super proud of. Cause obviously like there's days like can I even do this? Like, is this even possible? Like, what am I doing? Do I need to move home? I don't know what's happening. And I have to have these conversations with myself. And I talk to myself a lot, like sometimes out loud. But I think just, oh, there's crying baby. Oh, you're okay. I'm so baby. Oh, he's playing with two. Play with two. Um, (laughs) And just taking it day by day. And just, that's been like a, just my motto is just one day at a time day by day. And then, like you said, each day is always different. It is always different. I'll have like a really, really good day where everything goes smoothly. Let baby take naps. I'm able to get a training session in, get all my work in. The next day is the complete opposite. And just being able to handle those days and not like the breakdowns are becoming less and less. So I think I'm just proud that I'm just getting through that somehow, whether it's a good day or a bad day. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you are 
you are such a badass and a warrior and doing it, becoming a mom is really hard becoming a mom and doing it alone. Even though I know you have a great support unit, like you're still like, it is on you. You're bearing so much of the responsibility. And I think that it's amazing. And I was raised by a single mom. So I have so much respect for the amount of work that I know you're putting in behind the scenes just to, to provide for you and your baby and and keeping your head high through it all, even on your low days. And I'm just, yeah, so much love and admiration for you, my friend. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, Do you have any goals for 2020? So the plan in my brain was to, go <laughs> to try in my brain, but then I had to like talk to my brain again, was if anything, try to qualify for nationals. And that's like in May slash June. So mm-hmm. that would be like around his first birthday-ish. But of course, I'd have to do a local meet first. And like, I know qualifying totals and all that. So if I can just get like a local meet in, that'd be fun. That's a, that's an immediate goal. Just try to get through my certifications, find the time to do all that. Because <laughs> it's definitely hard to like plan time to study. And then study time just gets overwhelmed by an upset baby that doesn't yes. want to So those are goals. Get those done. And then... I don't know at this point. <laughs> yeah. Get through these first. Yeah, it's really hard now because it was easy for like me to have like goals and it was a little bit easier. But now I'm like a totally different, like I'm a human, another human that's involved yeah. in those plans. And then they're just like, well, I don't want to do it that way. And yeah, so things just change. But in terms of like six months, yeah, I think I can just get my certifications done and then maybe lift in a meet. That would be awesome. And maybe go on a vacation. Go somewhere. Go yes. Somewhere. This is where, <laughs> hot, where there's water. That'd be nice. Oh, I nice love it. Simple. I know. It's nice and plan, plan those goals like one month at a time, you know? Yeah, that's all I could do because I was like, I don't want to disappoint myself. So I was like, those are just a little bit easier. Oh, you are doing so great. And uh, Langston is so lucky to have you as his mama. And we are so lucky to have you as a voice and example for our athlete mom community, coach community, all of that. Pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. I I just love everything that you're doing and love you. Love you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for coming on to the podcast. And guys, if you want to check with Kiana, hit us with your info, girl. Oh, you can just yeah. go on Instagram. It's the best okay. place. Um, Kiana <laughs> underscore Welch. That's where you can find me. Awesome. And if well, you're thank in Reno, you. Nevada, come to Reno. <laughs> or if you're going to Tahoe to go ski or snowboard, come on down to Reno too. I'm at Black Iron Gym. Hey. Awesome. Thank you for giving us your time and uh, we will talk soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Make sure you head over to my website, www.briannabattles.com and find my free and paid resources and make sure to connect with me on Instagram at brianna.battles. Talk to you soon.